journey to become better leaders by touring fantastic worlds and inspiring lore by going on a wonder tour we connect leadership concepts to story context because it sticks to our brains better you can find out more at wondertourpodcast.com derek it's time we face our own mortality number our days and burn out as bright as possible as we rage rage against the dying of the light Welcome back to Wonder Tour. We are doing a rabbit hole episode today. We are talking about uh, raging against the dying of the light. And we're going back to our favorite. Um, this is like enshrined in perfection for Wonder Tour uh, Interstellar. Drew, we're here again. Yeah, it's our first, it's our first return journey. Going back into Interstellar, we promised, I'm pretty sure, at the end of Interstellar that we probably would come back to that. And we have many times in many episodes, all these episodes, we have found they kind of interweave, um, especially all the concepts and how all the stories map onto each other. But we are back here specifically for a shorter rabbit hole episode to talk about Raging Against the Dying of the Light. This, The more I've watched this movie, and I've seen this movie many times, I'm sure as you have as well, Derek, this part continues to be like kind of the perfection that holds it all together, right? Is this poem by Dylan Thomas. And it just kind of everything is wrapped around this poem. And then also everything kind of spawns out of this poem. It's so weird how it works. But let me just hop in. And the poem's not very long, maybe six stanzas. So I'll just go ahead and read the poem here. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. The wise men at their end no dark is right. Because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright, their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late they grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height. Curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. So this poem, we're not here to do an analysis of the poem necessarily today, so we probably won't draw out specific words and lines, though doing that type of literary analysis is fun and there's a place for that. I think the purpose, though, here, if I'm catching your drift, Derek, on where you want to go with this episode is more so just to set the stage for those two key lines that it ends with. Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Well, and that's the thing. It's a. Uh... 
you know, I want to touch on a oft uh, observed, you know, I would say uh, miscalculation about Wonder Tour that many have, which is that we're just in here reviewing media and movies, right? No, we're, we're, we're not doing that. Actually, what we're doing is, you know, we're digging, we're extracting, right? We're, it's not just the surface that we're looking at. To your point, you know, looking at the words, looking at arrangement of words, we're not looking at that. We're looking at how, what, what's the context of that? And, you know, you got Murph and Brand here, you know, in this scene, right? Murph and Dr. Brand. And we want to look today at that interaction between them. And that's the rage against the dying of the light that we're interested in. We're like, how does this apply to our leadership? Right? Yeah, so let's move on to the moment here. The moment that we're going to talk about is Dr. Brand is laying in the hospital bed and he is giving some final words to Murph for her to go forward with. Brand is very emotional in this moment. He's, you know, this is kind of a typical movie scene, you know, where we get the death scene in a hospital bed and they're, you know, they incite some something in one of the other characters that pushes them forward here he kind of leads with like that he's let murph down he's let her on that there was faith to that he could bring you know they could bring back cooper that they could save the existing world but he kind of peels back the layer and and says that he didn't believe that 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 wasn't really his plan that was not how he intended that it was going to go and then he ends with do not go gentle and he's gone he really had a certain view of how he had lived his life and he was really dead set on that was the view and that was the way that he had lived his life um and so he he seems to be you know as you pointed out to me uh not really raging i mean he's raging but for the wrong reason so I guess I could say in these moments, you could uh, you can rage for the right and wrong reasons, can't you? You can. So let's start by looking at this from Murph's perspective. Murph has had she Murph is kind of a beacon for hope. So I want to talk about this in terms of. Stoking the fires of humanity, and so if you're you know, whatever, if you're hearing this map onto something, it does, it does map on to, you know, Miyazaki's Dark Souls and the kind of ideas that he created there that were, again, not necessarily all his own. They've been pulled from other literature from all time. But the idea is that as humans, we have something that makes us different than animals, right? We have a sense of purpose. We have a the ability to build these strong relationships based on love with each other. And as a result, we, we as humans have hope where other animals don't seemingly have the ability to have hope, right? So even in a world that has all kinds of great things and bad things, it's kind of all over the place what's going on. And sometimes it's really trending poorly. And other times it seems like it's on the up and up. We are able to have hope and not only have hope, but we're able to share that hope with other people. So I want to talk about it as though we are, as humans, we are kind of like stewards of this fire of hope. And 
it's our job to make sure that we never let the fire go out inside of us, but also to make sure that we spread that fire to other people and make sure that their fires don't go out as well. So I don't know if we want to just take the dark souls terminology of firekeepers that are kind of the job of the firekeeper, though, is to make sure the light of humanity does not go out. Uh, or if, if one light is going to go out, it needs to be relit again with somebody else. And that's exactly what we're seeing here with Murph, right? The light of hope in her one light is kind of going out and another light is being lit. And if we think that we are these firekeepers and, and, and we can kind of and again, this is not any analogy is perfect. So you have we have to be careful here. This is not a perfect analogy. This is just one way that I'm thinking about it right now. But if we are these firekeepers, then we need to be careful that we don't let our light turn to smolders, our personal light, because if our personal light ever turns to smolders, then we're going to have a really hard time lighting it again. We're probably going to need somebody else to help light it from external, and we're going to have a hard time lighting other people's fires. So our goal hey, you is ever to run kind out of maximize gas? the fire here. Have you ever run out of gas? I've run out of gas probably once in my life. Do you know how it happens? Like, what's it like? What it's like when it happens or like how you got to that point? Yeah, like on my lawnmower, when I run out of gas, I uh, it's kind of like it 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 doesn't quite just, it's not like an abrupt end here, you know? It's more like a, and then it kind of gets going again, and then it kind of like, you know? And it starts to wind down. And I think that's the... That's the metaphor I want to use here talking about brand, which is, you know, this was not his only time. Maybe he had an opportunity to kind of set the stage and lay the groundwork, um, you know, so look at it from Murph's perspective, like you said. So, you know, she is a very she has two things going on. One is anger. That her father's gone. Right. So it's very motivating. The other one is this like amazing curiosity. Uh, that she carries around with her and she is hanging on Dr. Brand's every word. Um, if you notice, because she's like, tell me the equation again, blah, 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 blah. you know, they're in there, they're working on the blackboard and previous, you know, scenes, et cetera. Um, so she's, she's ready and she's been prepared by him because, you know, he has spent a lot of time preparing and that rage, I think, you know, his commitment to raging at the end, I think, really drove him to kind of prepare for that. And then so in this last moment, she was extremely prepared for this handoff. And she got a little bit of a blip there, then she drew, you know, like where he was just kind of like, you know, um, what what did he say exactly? Just so everybody can hear how, it how he ended out. Do not go gentle. Then his eyes close and you get the. But before he did that, he said something. He gave a marker, didn't he? He kind of oh, said that. Oh, he says he says that he let her down. Oh, you mean what what actually do you mean like the actual yeah. story context of what happened? <clears throat> well, like when he starts to unwind, right? So oh, he, starts he says to, like, yeah, he says that, I lied or what What did he say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he says that. he says I let you down. He, he says I lied. He he basically tells her that the plan that she had been working towards he didn't really believe in. I mean, I think you can distill it down into that. Yeah. So that's the panic that happens at the end. And I want to say that, you know, when someone's handing off to you, you know, when you're in Murph's situation, you can't only focus on that panic at the very end because 
I think there's something deep within us as we're letting that fire go that we just want to control exactly the how the transfer happens. And I want to comfort most people that are listening to this, which I think that if you are consistent in your leadership, that the fire transfer happened a long time ago, you just don't realize it. And so it's a process, right? It's not just a one-time moment and brand thinks he botches it right if you if you really put yourself in the empathetic shoes and we will hear in a second from that perspective i know i keep going there because i'm like you know he's the one passing off but murph is very curious and she's very ready for this transfer to happen she's been waiting for this because i think she's got a lot of ideas right and we know this from the rest of the movie. She does have a lot of ideas, and she let me frame it out. this. Let me frame this for you. Yeah, go ahead. In the yeah. in the space of Wonder Tour, because I love what you're saying here. If you're on this Wonder Tour with us, we're going on this road together. We we've decided that we want to be better leaders for the good of others, to bring love into the world, to bring hope into the world. Then we don't want to be the end of that fire. We don't want the fire to smolder out on us, right? We want to carry that to the next and the next and the next. We want to multiply the flame. And so if that's the case, then we're going to have to transfer the fire one or many times in our lives. And so this, Derek, what you're pulling to here I did, is perfect, right? It's how do you transfer that fire? Whether Sometimes the fire is like direct responsibilities at work. You know, other times the fire might be transferring, you know, the primary responsibility of leading an initiative or, you know, there's there's that time in a family, it seems, when you know, the patriarch or the matriarch ends up, you know, they're still they're still a big part of the picture, but they transition to their kids from they transition from being the primary on everything to being the support on everything. And how do we transfer that fire and make sure that if if you're on this wonder tour, then you've got some sort of fire inside of you. I know that I do. And Derek does. It's there's a fire inside of us that wants to bring hope to the world. And how do you transfer that to your kids? How do you transfer that to the people that are going to take over from you? And I love that you're that we're looking at this now because this is so perfect, right? It's it what you said there. It's not a single thing. It's a process. You transfer the fire by how you lead and how you live, right? And I think a lot of it starts, you know, the moment you start being vulnerable with that person that you are, you know, transferring to. And I think that that's, uh, that's something that he does with Murph. We're not privy to all the scenes and different things like that, but you know, you know, you build a relationship by having moments of vulnerability. And I think when those moments of vulnerability start being closer together, that's a signal that the transfer is happening. And I can't, tell you exactly what those triggers are it just seems to happen that way when someone knows that they are falling apart when someone knows that whatever it is it could be an initiative at work like you said it could be something that you know the the initiative is falling apart so like now we're going to rebrand it well how do we spin off pieces of that and say i need you to take this i'm going to go underground for a while (laughs) I hate to say it like that, but that's kind of what happens is that maybe if you've played a very high stakes game, uh, you know, and and maybe it didn't work out. That's OK, because a lot of people see that and a lot of people got fire transferred no matter what. Uh, you may not think so, but if you if you really think hard enough about it, I think you'll see 
that they, you know, they were enfranchised to it. They were, you know, clued into it. They picked up what you were trying to do, even if you didn't quite succeed, right? Uh, and you figuratively pass away, you know, in terms of your initiative, there's always something left and there's always something left for someone to pick up. And if you're intentional about that, it can continue on and you have passed the fire, my friend. Uh, well, is it even our, is it our responsibility to ensure the fire in somebody else or to, or is it just our job to have a, you know, to, is it our job to manage the flame? It seems to me it's more our job as leaders is to manage the flame, right? You're, you're stewards of the, fu- you're stewards of the fire and you cannot, and there's no possible way for you to force the fire on anybody else. So that's the tricky part here. And that's why that's part of the reason we, we have to go on this wonder tour together is because there's no formula for how to pass on the fire. It's different perspectives that we look at it from different models as we learn them, then we'll start to incorporate them into a bigger and bigger model of leadership and of how to live life well and into our character. And through that, just maybe the fire gets transferred to those around us. There's a divergent. I like what you're saying there. There's a divergent aspect to what we're what we're doing for sure. You know, like we do have unique perspectives. I think that there is a convergent aspect here too to what we are uh, as leaders. And I can't put my finger on it, but I can tell you symbolically, and I can tell you without saying a word really. It's almost like a grunt, like like huh, you know, <laughs> in a way because we know. Uh, if I could, if I could distill it to a grunt, I can't, uh, unfortunately. But as leaders, we know that there is a responsibility to pass the fire on. We don't know individually how that's going to occur. I'm not saying that. We have to figure that out along the way on the journey. You know. What do you do when I, you feel? What do you do when you yeah. feel inadequate, though, Derek? Because I think that's what what Brand here feels here. So let's transition to his perspective. I know we're kind of hopping around here, but that's great. It's the Wonder Tour. So from Brand's perspective, he feels completely inadequate here, and I have been there for sure, where I just feel, you know, something wrong in my stomach or whatever. When you you feel like, all right, we've reached the end, and like I don't know if I transferred the fire. I don't know if I ever could. One of the things that I think about in this situation is I, I try to keep in mind, and this is hard when your physical body is failing, right? So if we're thinking about brand here, he, you know, the, the walls are closing in on you. You're you're really starting to think mostly about your physical self. But let's try to think about um, that's not the case maybe in that in that particular situation. You know, you have to be able to remember your previous wins. You have to re- be able to remember the stuff that you did before. Actually, I keep a um, a log and I try to go back and I try to update it, but I try to keep a log of the things that I did that worked, um, that nobody can go back and change. And if I can go back to those things and think I did it before, and even if I don't do anything from this point on, I did enough. You know, I I don't ever want to be like, I can't do more. You know, obviously I'm going to try to do more, but I'm just saying that, um, did I get enough, you know, hits on the pinata as a leader? Have I had enough accomplishments, be it technical or, you know, soft or whatever it may be, you know, I mean, obviously there's all kinds of different ways to win as a leader. Um, 
But keep that in mind, because when you get into that moment, that makes the difference between confidence and panic. Am I wrong? That makes sense to me. I try to do something similar. I have an exercise where, you know, I'll repeat to myself certain things every morning when I wake up. Not not necessarily right when I wake up, but when I get out of bed a lot of the time, I'll have to repeat to myself certain truths. Um, and these some of these truths are founded in stories and they're founded in stories of other people or they're really powerful when they're founded in your own stories. Like you said, where you can carry forward like, hey, maybe today there doesn't feel like there's a lot of hope. But remember this time in your life when you didn't have hope and hope came through in droves and it powered you on through the next thing and it powered up other people as well. We I mean, that's why we're on this wonder tour is to remember the power of stories. And I think Brand, he just feels so guilty for pulling the wool over everyone's eyes the whole time and leading them to believe that they're. You know what he didn't he didn't even believe anymore, obviously, because he said that he failed and he let he let Murph down that we couldn't get her dad back and we weren't going to save this current planet. That in the end, it was going to be, you know, they had to build a new society of humans elsewhere and let this one die. It's not the thing about it, though, is. It's really hard, like you said, we're getting back to what we're saying. At the beginning. It's really hard to tell when you're actually transferring the fire. It doesn't happen at a moment. And so you have to recognize that, like, it's OK. You will make mistakes while you're transferring the fire. Hopefully they're not as big as Dr. Brand's, like, kind of lying to everybody about what he knows about the future of humanity. Really, we definitely don't want to do that. But we've talked about that in Episode 5, Interstellar, Becoming Curious Explorers of Wonder Tour before. So we won't rehash that here. But it, when you're transferring the fire, you're going to make mistakes. And sometimes those mistakes power you in a way they can because other people are going to make mistakes too there's no perfect transition of the fire it's going to be a little bit of a you know oh but tried to hand it here and the fire fell on the ground and like we got to go back again to the bonfire and get a little bit more and like there's a lot there's gonna be a lot of stops and starts there i mean i would say here and you know as we're as we're wrapping is that um it's think of it like a package and it's got a bow on it don't pull the string on the bow let the person that you give it to do that right that's what he starts to do he's like look i know you're not going to like what's inside i know you're not going to like what i'm giving you because i lied and all this stuff but what about the other 90 percent of things that he set the groundwork for he had a solid theory he just didn't know quite how to solve it because it looped back on itself or whatever murph figured that out he didn't know she could do that. So I think the, the most important thing to remember here is, is that when we're handing off to somebody, don't assume you know what their capabilities are to take it forward. You may think that you have a profile of the fire carrier or the light carrier. You may not, and you can't necessarily assume. And I think that's what induces panic is like, oh, they're not going to be as good as me. No, they're not you. That's the thing. They're just not you. And you don't have to dwell on that so much. Your time is done, right? You have to let go of it at this point. That's your job. Your job is to let go well. And letting go well, obviously, is starting early and then dovetailing into this moment to where you say, I trust you. Goodbye. Do not go gentle. If he would have just like said, I trust you 
uh, you know, uh, Murph, you got this. Do not go gentle and then just like died. I mean, think about that. What gave him regrets is the last thing that they said. Don't you know, like, that's the thing that someone's going to remember. Well, he said that he lied when he died, you know, and, you know, I, I don't know. I just think like it's so easy to slip into that and be like, oh, I know I, I made so many mistakes and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, maybe you did. But why don't you let them decide that, you know, when they open the package for themselves, you know, open the present, I say, as we're getting close to Christmas here. Right. <laughs> I love it. Let when you're transitioning the fire, when you're passing fire on to other people, let them be the fire keeper. Don't try to continue to be the fire keeper when it's your turn to transition it. There we go. <laughs> and that's been another rabbit hole. I loved it. I love this. Uh, I always love this poem. I always wanted to unpack what it meant uh, for me and others as leaders. So thank you, Drew. That was great. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. Next week, we are going to do Loki. We're going to be jumping into, and it's just going to be focused around episode one of the Disney Plus series, Loki. We are transitioning through this episode into our, or from our series on game theory to our series on becoming curious explorers. And we felt no better place to kind of kick that off than with Loki. Yep. And we had a nice lead in there with uh, Rage Against the Dying of the Light. Um, just thinking about, you know, again, this this transition from games, games that Dr. Bram were playing, you know, was playing uh, and now into, hey, the only option is to explore. Right. Um, and be curious. And, and that's kind of what he did for Cooper. So that's why we were thinking uh, that it's a, it was a great transition uh, into Loki. And, and Loki is a person who uh, really didn't have a choice to become an explorer. Uh, and be curious because he got dropped into a crap storm. <laughs> so um, the show's great, and uh, we're going to be talking about that. If you had um, some uh, different things that you wanted to add to the Rage Against the Dying of the Light, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at The Wonder Tour. And um, we've already covered what we're going to do next week. So remember, not all who wonder are lost. We'll see you next time. <laughs>